0: 3x3 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 3x3. 3 is
1: the magic number it's the 3x3 basketball podcast welcome to the 3x3 basketball podcast have you missed us if you have we are back and this is uh this is exciting this is really exciting because we have just had the world tour finals super exciting and joining me well, sad that Hugh isn't here, but it's fine because there's two of us. It's all us, Nani. How are you, man? I am well. How are you, dude? Do you know I I'm, I'm good. I'm good. It's been uh, a crazy, crazy 3x3 year <laughs> topped off with an insane tournament. It's super, super high quality. Um Hey, let's let's just get straight into this thing. You know, let's make this a quick podcast and let's um uh, you know for all the benefit of the the audience who are clearly just getting ready for Christmas. But um how how do you feel it went? How how do you know what? How did the tournament go for you? We'll get into the tournament and then um you know, how do you feel about the season as well, just overall?
0: Yeah, it was so cool, right? Because just personally, it was my first year really digging my teeth into the whole FIBA 3x3 circuit, right? And you know, essentially working with them as well as you know in social media this season it was it was really cool to just pick up different you know uh, styles from different teams and how they find their ways to you know accentuate their you know strengths and I think what I found really cool was as the season was kind of ramping up you could see that teams were really clicking into gear you know you you saw the teams kind of Sometimes fall in and out of their form. And, you know, we saw that with Uwe as well. But you knew that when it was time for the final, every team was going to be at their best. And you could kind of see that with the games. You know, every game was really close, really contested. No team was, you know, willing to give up that edge. And it was really cool to see that every team felt like they could win. It wasn't just a a two-horse race or a three-horse race. Any team could have won the way they were playing. Like, I mean, hell, mm. talk about um San Juan, right? They were in the qualifying draw and the way they were battling from from the first game to the, the next game, that just taking it to, you know, OT with you know the buzzer beater in you know against Paris. Raland hit that shot and took the game to OT and then I ended got the two. I think that was just a sign of how this team fought. You know, San Juan was mm. perhaps the dark horse. As in, I don't think anyone saw them winning the whole thing.
1: So, so San Juan were amazing, right? Because they had won the America. Is that right? In in um, in amazing style, had absolutely destroyed, you know, everyone, but played so well and so strongly. So obviously had some momentum kind of going into this into this final moment. But if we talk about the season overall, like, was there anyone in particular? Just before we get into the actual World Tour, like the finals itself from the weekend, but just from the season, obviously, like you said, you've been delving really far into kind of like the socials and really focusing on each team. But what about players? Were there any specific players that really stood out to you or even surprised you this season?
0: I think there's so many that come to mind, right? I think when you talk about surprise, and it's only one event, so it doesn't really like, it's not about longevity, but for one event, I was so impressed by Cameron Brink at the World Cup, right? This happened at the beginning of the season, but for her for that to be her first 3x3 event and for her to dominate the way she did just she she deserves at least an honorable honorable mention Mm -hmm. in this (laughs) in this conversation but in in the world tour circuit i have to go with someone like antonio Rala, right for san juan Mm. just his ability to just keep getting buckets right people know he's the one who's going to be the bucket getter but for him to be able to find the shots, be able to distribute enough to keep the game moving, and for him to just orchestrate everything for Puerto Rico and for San Juan. It was just so cool to see him shine this season. So yeah. I, 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 I might be a recency bias, but to me, he's the one who sticks out as one of the most refreshing players to watch this season.
1: And what about what about events or locations? Were there any in particular that kind of really stood out from the whole season to you? Because for me obviously like you know seeing the seeing the finals in jeddah was just i mean it's beautiful every time you see that but um there are some amazing i mean obviously you know you know i went to amsterdam and seeing you know the gas holder and seeing the hundredth masters there the the whole atmosphere there was like a, a perfect you know obviously not the culmination because it wasn't the end of the tour itself but it was a really good representation of a great representation of what you know, FIBA 3X3 and what 3X3 generally is about, you know, creativity, an incredible energetic atmosphere. So how about, how about you? I mean, obviously you were covering a lot, but, you know, just ge- your general kind of perception of the atmosphere, the look and feel of it. Any, any events locations that really stood out to you?
0: I think there were a couple. I think one, which will always be the one that stands out to most people would be Cebu. Mm. I think Cebu in, you know, in the Philippines, just, the vibe, you know, it being in like a mall yeah. and just seeing, you know, just how I think that just shows why 3X3 is so special, right? It's so versatile. It could be in a mall, it could be, you know, by anywhere and you, you, you need but by the ocean, you know, you just have so yeah. many different cool venues for 3X3. But the other one, which is, I think, more recent, was the Neom Challenger. Um, Neom's like a new you know almost like this new urban town in Saudi Arabia and just the way it looked and you know all the videos that came out of you know that event just you know you could just see how entertaining and how cool it would have been to be at that event and when you can get someone feeling like damn I wish I was there I think that speaks for itself right
1: is this your is this your call to try and get out to all the very very cool challenges and (laughs) hey i don't see i don't see why not man no that's cool that's cool i mean actually so you're talking about actually talking about um you know Cebu for example being in a shopping center is really really cool and I think that San Juan um, the Challenger there was also very similar in a shopping center and prior to that I remember actually there being one in the hometown of uh, Steve Sir there was one in Edmonton in Canada there was also one in a shopping center too so it's really cool Um but actually that kind of made me think of Edmonton and that made me think of Steve Sir and obviously seeing uh, the Mongolian representatives Ulaanbaatar, like you know, playing in 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 the weekend. Um, how how do you think they fared? Did they put up a good fight? I think
0: it was interesting, right? Because a um, couple things about Ulaanbaatar this season they they were fighters. You know, they would they would you know make themselves a presence in all the tournaments that they were a part of. Right, they would be. It would be Enkbat, it would be Dugosia, it would be Steve Sir. They all had their moments where they would really set themselves apart. And, you know, they also won a Masters as well. And that kind of speaks for itself. But I think for them to find their identity and for them to stick to it, be this gritty side who would make big shots and keep coming at you, I think it was great. But unfortunately, I think Steve Sir was dealing with an injury. He was wearing a mask. And I think that did sort of hamper him I, I, just from you, you know, just from what it looks like to me, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't I don't think he was fully in his element in uh, in Jeddah, um and I don't think they put up the best fight that they potentially could have, but yeah, take yeah. not take nothing away from the incredible season that uh, they had where they put themselves in a position to be one of the best teams this season.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean they, they came out with some, you know, with some major wins and um fair play to them. They've been an incredible team, they're definitely growing. That program's been, you know, they've been working with Steve for a good couple of years now and um, you know, a major you know, he's a major part of that for that for the reason for that program doing so well. Uh, but yeah, I do I do think the Mars hampered, hampered Steve a little bit. Um but you know, what was really cool was that the entire tournament on the weekend was just um was phenomenal. Like like you said. There was no team in particular that I thought, oh, these guys can't win it. Like every single team was playing great. And the basketball was so good. You know, there's buzzer beaters, you know, like Carlos Carlos Martinez is, um, you know, where he's fading away and he's kind of like to one side and he takes a shot. And it's like the sweetest shot as well. Um, And some really amazing highlights, too. I mean, I think um, I think I think generally it was just an amazing an amazing tournament just overall as an individual tournament by itself but were you surprised about oob and the reason why i asked that is because obviously at the start of the season they were doing incredibly well and then suddenly it was like they kind of like dropped off the radar and it was like uh you know it was like a it was a big nar- i feel like it was like one of those narratives where they were like you know what let's just not do well for the rest of the <laughs> rest of the season and then it'll be like a phoenix rising from the flames i mean were you Surprised, or did you kind of when as the tournament started? Did you think, oh yeah, okay, fine, you know, like Strahinja, like these guys, they're they're just gonna kill it. Like,
0: I think there were a couple things there. One was, I think we know how good they can be. I mean, they had probably the most historic start to a world tour season ever, winning six in a row. Right, I think that speaks for itself. And I think what you saw after that was they had quite a few. Switches, right? They had different players coming in. Baraj got injured. You know, they had Naranjic coming in again. And it was like that different players coming in. Brankovic had to sit out for a bit and he came back. When you have movement like that, you know, there were tournaments where Dejan wasn't playing. There were tournaments where Strahinha wasn't playing. And when you have that long of a season where you're not just competing in the World Tour, you're also competing in the Europe Cup, at the World Cup, and you're dominating, I think it it's not just a matter of you know, winning every world tour. I think, of course, you like that, but you have to, in some ways, pace yourself. And you could see that this team, even though they weren't always hitting those marks, I think they were still competing. They had closed games every single time, even when they weren't, you know, winning. I think you could see that things were starting to ramp up as well because they won in Manama. They, you know, they won this 2nd or last uh, Masters. You could tell that they're back, they're ready. Um, and when it came to Jeddah, they, I think they had a great first game, which was really close. And that's what gave me a bit of pause where I was like, okay, I, I, I had faith in them winning the whole thing. I, before the Jetta tournament started, I had my money on them. Not, not really. I wasn't betting. Do not gamble <laughs> guys. But um, I, had I had my figurative money. I had my figurative money. On, yeah, uh, sure. On Oob, you know, winning. But their first game made me realize this tournament is so deep. Anyone yeah. can win. And I think it's credit to Oob that they persevered and they made some incredible shots. They put up some tough fights. Like that game against Antwerp, in my opinion, might be one of the games of the season. Yeah. Like that game was incredible. Back and forth action. It was just amazing to see how well, they competed and stuck with it. Seeing Dejan hit those big shots, seeing Strahinja do yeah. what he does, Neronzic was crucial as well. You know, and Brankovic, again crucial as ever in, in the opening games. He got, I think, what ten points in a game. Um, yeah. Just incredible on what this team can do when they start clicking together. And no team is as well suited to come back from a few Masters losses and you know, you know, play like you know they've been you know on fire all season like ooh so yeah. you know yeah they know that's how
1: to win and that's what they do and and i honorable mention obviously to uh, to team amsterdam who got to the finals and worthy who had in in one of the games had 18 points like it, it just how, how how is this kind of stuff possible only if you're worthy and only if you like have a different hairstyle every time um you know he you know it, it is for for a phenomenal performance but as well as Team Amsterdam just doing great to get to the finals. Like obviously we had Worthy on the show, you know, we had him on the podcast and he said, you know, there's cracks at Oob, like we can see them, we can see it, you know, and, and so for them to face each other in the finals was really kind of poetic in terms of after we'd after we'd spoken to them. But I I had seen um you know these teams play in Amsterdam in, in real life and you know, phenomenal, phenomenal teams. But what what was it that happened to Miami? Because they are a fantastic team. A fantastic, fantastic team. Um, So, in in your opinion, like I mean, because and they had some great games and they had some amazing plays, but you know, were you surprised that they didn't get further? I
0: I think it was the fact that they did not have the same interior presence um, that their you know the, uh, that other teams had. I think Antwerp had have Jonas Forts, you know, they have Brian De Walk, you know, they are mm. brutes, you know, they make the presence. You know, felt sure. And when you have someone like um Dennis Donker who can guard anyone, he's in my opinion one of the best defenders mm-hmm. in the FIBA 360 circuit. And when you have someone like that locking down someone like Jimmer, you kind of rely on other players kind of making you know their offensive contributions. Um, I think it was just a matter of Antwerp being a a mismatch in some ways for for mm. miami and as good as they looked in the group stages and as good as they looked uh, you know throughout the tournament i think i think even kyle picked them to win the whole thing um yeah he
1: did yeah yeah <laughs> been calling out Kyle now <laughs> yeah
0: hey kyle got called out enough by actual players i don't think he needs to hear more from me <laughs> wow <laughs> but i will say i think it's just a matter of I think they just fell you know, they just got pitted against a team who were just more set out systematically to beat them
1: yeah 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 i mean i think i you know we as we said you know the 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 playing field was very even amongst you know a lot of the teams uh they came in there with you know a lot of strength um you know kind of even even vienna had some good motivation momentum kind of going into the tournament but amazing to see someone like duchan bullet coming back right i mean who we've also had on the pod yes (laughs) yeah dude he is a fun player to watch and it's like It's like he can just get a bucket wherever he wants to get a bucket from. It's just ridiculous. You know, I always say that, like, great players look like they're playing in slow-mo. Like, he just, you know, he looks like, you know, when I, I... you know, just a, a relative... Like I I'm, I was very lucky enough to see LeBron James play recently. The thing is, when you see him on the court, it's like, you know, he just makes the game look so much slower. It looks like he's just he's just taking his time. And I feel the same way kind of about Dushan on a 3x3 court. Like, the, you've got 10 minutes to, to to play this game. You've got 12 seconds on the shot clock. And yet, for some reason, Duchamp just looks like he's just in a playground. He is a, a delight to watch, for sure. Do you think... I mean I think we should probably wrap up soon because it's like a really nice short summary of um you know of the of of what happened in the season but le- looking at just very briefly to 2024 like Dushan's now seemingly completely back in the mix he's back in the fever 3x3 mix um we're seeing some really strong teams are there any i mean do, are we going to see just you know do you think we'll see more teams kind of coming into challengers and masters do we are we going to see more of the same from certain teams like could you give maybe maybe we should do this in January but I was wondering like whether you've got a bit of a prediction in terms of which team might actually kind of do the same who's going to win more masters who's going to you know maybe we do this maybe we do this in January so that I put you on the spot but are there any uh, is there anything that you're looking forward to let's put it this way is there anything generally that you're looking forward to in 2024 either from the teams or from the events or or even from three through three
0: I think so there's a couple of things, right? I think the FIBA-3 World Tour circuit is very different from the international circuit. And my eyes will be seeing players who can transition from the international circuit to the World Tour circuit, right? Yeah. You have seen the likes of Ajiman and, you know, CD Bikame, who, are, who have played in these youth tournaments and have kind of come into Hanover and not really had the same success as they would like. But again, there's so many interesting talent that we haven't even yet seen in the world tour circuit right <laughs> It's just so cool that 3x3 just has such a wide array of talent that goes beyond the world tour what i'm hoping to see next season is a lot of talent that we've seen in you know, the world cup in the you know uh, under 23 under 18s you know uh, you know all these tournaments and kind of have their moment in, you know, in the world tour circuit, you know, and I want to see how, you know, some of these players kind of fit in, but in terms of winning, I think it's, I'm, I'm honestly, just for the sake of this discussion, I'm going to put aside Oob because we have nothing to worry about. They're going to be just as successful. (laughs) I don't even want to mention them in terms of winning because they've got that down on lock and I have no reason to question them, but I'm really looking forward to seeing how Antwerp do next season? I think mm-hmm. Antwerp were a great team. I think they delivered. I think they have all the defensive chops that you need to succeed. Yeah. I think if they have a consistent shooter, I, I again, Forge can take those shots. You know, he can make some big shots. We saw him take some yeah. big shots.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: And so can Donkar. I just want to. Yeah, Donkar is a
1: great player. Like, Donkar is very solid, isn't he? Absolutely. Yeah. If
0: they can get someone who can shoot a little, you know, whose job is to find, you know, that deep shot and have someone like DeWalk, Donker, Fort, you know, it's I think that's, there's a different conversation we have about Antwerp. But so far, they're really cooking and it's going to be fun and, to see how.
1: And and what about, and how about just briefly, like in terms of the women's or the women's series, you know, the, the quality of the play seems to be, you know that level of quality of the women's tournaments has just increased just massively the skill level something that really gets me is the footwork the the footwork of the female 3x3 players is phenomenal like it's just it's so good and um and it you know it's so fast-paced and you know if you if you're looking at kind of team rankings just kind of generally and you've got kind of um like well actually i'll tell you what if we looked at the federation rankings, even just for just for the women, you have got China, US, France, Germany, Canada. I mean, at one point in time, I think the German women's team were top ranked. You know, and so it changes quite a lot. Do you do you think there'll be any surprises, or do you think we're just going to see kind of a bit of a further development of the top ranked teams?
0: I think I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, again. You see teams that know when to turn it up. You know, that's like Canada. Mm. You know, Canada would be great when they need to be, but when it really matters, they'll be the winning team, like Team USA, you know? I think, but I think for me, it's not always about the team that wins the final. I think it's always about the teams that win these stops on the process, you know, and how we Mm -hmm. see them develop over the season and and the talent that we get to see more often. And it was, you know, teams like, you know, Dusseldorf, they had such, you know, they had a late surge, like Amadegbion. And you had some great players who would develop, and Nefci as well, you know, these commercial teams who would really shine. Italy are always consistent, and they play some beautiful basketball. Romania, you have some great teams who are on the cusp of, you know, really coming out as a contender. And yeah. it'd be really cool to see how next season looks. Are uh, we going to see the same as Team USA uh, yeah. and Team Canada dominating, as they usually do. But you know the talent in the women's pool is just so deep you know france as well just
1: i wonder if we're going to see i wonder if we're going to see more commercial teams coming out next year, next next year because i just think like it's such it's such a good way of doing it and the fact that the you know fee is so open to that being part of the process too it really kind of encourages um brands and teams and individuals to really get to get into the game so i wonder whether we're going to see more of that in 2024 as well all right well that has been a super kind of quick fire version of, of our regular podcast but a really good a really good wrap up nonetheless um and I think that's going to I think that'll cover us for 2023 um so Rahul have you got anything final to say
0: uh no it's just been an amazing season and next season will be bigger and better than ever I'm sure so <laughs> happy holidays to everyone and we shall see you next year
1: Absolutely. Thank you for joining our pod this season. We really appreciate you. Follow us at 3x3pod. Uh, Have a great holiday season. Have a great new year. We'll catch you on the flip side for more 3x3 basketball.